Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast where we talk about sports, fantasy sports, dynasty fantasy sports. We talk a little bit of gambling. We talk a little bit of all kinds of sports and anything that we can come up with. I'm your host, Jeff Roman, alongside me tonight and every night is Tim Reinhardt, CPA. Welcome, Tim. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, man? Tim, uh, obviously CPA for uh, coming up on tax season here. It's, it's a big um, season. Yeah, we uh, we actually get to talk to each other twice today. Um, we had uh, a, a little bit of a rite of passage amongst the podcaster uh, a snafu. Yeah, a snafu. A snafu. Um, uh, you know, we recorded an excellent conversation with uh, professional gambling enthusiast Todd Wishnev, who was dishing out nuggets to us left and right. Um, but we had a little snafu with the recording there. So we got Tim and I's recording, but not Todd's. So um, if somebody is really interested in listening to Tim and I <laughs> listen very intently to our guest talk about his, his gambling strategies and his life story, um, that would be a riveting podcast, but not for most people. So we'll. Uh, that's why we're coming at you again. Uh, we're just going to re- record another one. Um, yeah. Just, just, you know, just as friends do two times a charm, you know, sometimes you just have to call each other twice a day. That's just what happens. You know? Hey, so let me ask you, do you have, um, do you have a tax guy or do you, or do you go with, you know, turbo tax H and R block, uh, software? What do you do? So we, we used to do the, uh, the, the software situation. And, um, since my wife started her own business, Okay. Uh, her uncle does our taxes. So it's he's a also little, a CPA. He's definitely Are a you, CPA. Definitely choo- CPA. I hope you choose so. him over over me. That's well, you know, I just realized today <laughs> that you're a CPA. So uh, he's a real CPA. I'm a CPA yeah. uh, on television. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, on you, play, you, you play one <laughs> on TV, right? It. Yeah. That's the line. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What about you? Are you a are you a, a fill out the box? Um, click, yeah, click, click, I am. Um, I've, I've, for the most part, just stuck with, not for the most part, I've, I've only always done uh, the, the H&R Block stuff, um, like, you know, just download the program and, and fill it out. Um, you know, I, it, it's a busy season for those CPAs, but man, their summers are, yeah. are fun. Yeah. Well, we have a, we have a, a CPA amongst our friend group who does, uh, um, taxes for for companies and stuff and we joke that when he complains about working we're like wow the guy that has to work three months boy oh boy it must be tough working those three months when you're off the other nine months so he doesn't yeah. really appreciate that ribbing it's gotten kind of old on him but you know. I, I could see as as a teacher who who sometimes gets the well you only work you know yeah, ten months of the year, even whatever it is <laughs> right. um I, I i can get that okay. All, i will say uh I I have a friend who's a CPA and uh yeah, he plays golf every every Friday um after April 15th. So, there you go. I mean, you know, the jokes just write themselves, you know? You you can't just go out and tell people that you do that and then not expect people to give you a little trouble for that. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll listen if send send the jokes my way if you need them. I'll I'll, I'll take them um, <laughs> I'll take them for for right now. All right, so let's um, let's just make sure our, our listeners know that we are at. Uh, you can email us at dse the podcast at gmail.com, at dse podcast on Twitter, dse the podcast on Instagram. Obviously, you can find us on dynastysportsempire.com slash podcast. Uh, there's uh, at least two other podcasts, maybe one more in the pipeline coming up. 
Um, so you can find our friends over there as well. If you're interested in expanding your horizons into uh, podcasts that talk just about football and those that talk just about baseball right now. And ours is, we talk about everything. Um, and we had a really uh, good conversation with Todd. And I think we'll just, we'll re- I'll recap it a little bit yeah. um, as best as I can remember. So um, Todd Wishnev is from the Showtime docuseries Action. He's a, he was found by the uh, producers of that show in a sports book in Las Vegas. Um, and they kind of followed him around for a bit and kind of set, see, saw how he lived his life. Um, and he has, um, become kind of a, a sports betting, uh, I don't know, celebrity, uh, maybe commentator, celebrity. Sure. Maybe, yeah. Something uh, like that. So he makes appearances and 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 talks about his process and stuff like that. It was really interesting, even how he said that they they grabbed him. They just like picked him out of the crowd. He said, "Right, uh, yes, you know, he's in the he's in the sports book, and they uh, they just come in and they're like, hey, let's uh, you look interesting. Let's uh, <laughs> let's follow you for a little while." Um, I, I I was wondering about their strategy there. Like, did they did they expect to go in where they're like, let's find the most interesting person we can find and ask them if they want to be in a documentary. Like, is that their strategy going into the day? I, I guess so. I think, you know, those they're, they're looking for somebody that they think will make good television. Right. Uh, so I, I assume they, they saw something and they were like, yeah, let's, let's go this. Well, we can ride with this. Yeah. So um, go yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say one of the things he said that was really interesting was that he was in Las Vegas and he, uh, he, I think he called himself in somewhere in between an amateur and professional better. So he's he's not quite you or James Holtzauer from you know, Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> sure. Like he's somewhere in between those. Uh, but one of the things that was interesting was how he talked about uh, that in Nevada, the apps that people use to uh, place bets like DraftKings, um, and, and uh, I think it's Penn National Gaming or, or, or whatever your, your yeah. desired app is, because um, there's a bunch um, that they they don't work or they're not they're not active in Nevada and that they want you to get into the casino. Right. Um, which is interesting uh, because in, in as you know, you're in you're in Pennsylvania and in New Jersey, uh, it's <clears throat> those apps are legal Um and so there isn't quite the same push to get you, you know, you're, you're probably what, like an hour and a half away from Atlantic city, two hours away from Atlantic yep. city. Like yep. hour and a half. There, there, there's no, you know, those States haven't, haven't done that, which is, uh, I think an interesting, <clears throat> just an interesting dynamic. Yeah. And I think, I think they just wanted to kind of expand it, uh, expand the, the footprint uh, of who was involved and that also expands the, uh, appeal of it you know you can have three different ones on your phone and you don't have to walk in three different casinos you can um check the lines or whatever or promos whatever you want on on three different apps and within a minute there so yeah as he said it's great for the consumer if there's if there's competition in that environment and that's one of the things that um i think for casual people um that are, are just kind of putting something on the side uh for their entertainment budget, since they can't go out to dinner, um, that, that competition keeps you afloat. Cause if you win 50% of your things, you're probably going to lose a little bit of money. Um, but if you get right. a promo that gives you a free $25 bet, then, Hey, that's a free $25 that you can help, you know, 
keep yourself going, uh, have more entertainment. So more fun, right? That's what we always look for is use that money to have more fun rather than just kind of blowing it on one, uh, one coin flip at the beginning of the Super Bowl or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think, um, I don't know what you just said that just reminded me of this, but one of the interesting things that he, he talked about was how he's more into the in-game gambling and trying to sort of feel the system out and, uh, or like feel the game out um, as a method of like beating the, uh, the algorithms and the computers that, uh, that set the things, you know, that, that are obviously that work so fast, but don't have the same, grasp of the feel of a game um so i thought that was that was kind of interesting that he he said he barely puts uh um puts action on a game prior to the game he's he's always gonna watch a little bit and and then go from there yeah and i think that that is the the goal that you want because there's a little bit of art and science to the line setting um before the game um the the bookmakers can look at all of the um Look at all the teams. Say we're talking about the NFL, right? Sixteen games, fifteen, sixteen games a week, right? Um, and they can do a little art and science on each one and move one if there's a lot of money coming in one way and balance it out. But once the game starts, they can't keep track of all those. So um, the line moves as their built-in algorithm moves it based on win probability and the um, and the line that it started with, right? So it's all based on that initial line. So. If something, and I think you you gave the example of the Super Bowl, right? Something goes pretty wrong right away where everybody's like, wait a second, you know, Kansas City can't block them. Um, but the line doesn't really know that. It just sees a game that's like Kansas right. City's behind, but they were behind against Buffalo, right? And they came back and so. Well, I think these, the, the, the Super Bowl example was that the Buccaneers drove the ball down to the one yard line and got turned away there. And so the computers just know the score. Whereas you know that the Buccaneers should have scored a touchdown there and that they, the feel of the game right. was, was in their favor at that point. Right. And yeah, you can see if somebody's driving down and they just fumble, right. And they're, they're moving the ball. They have, you know, all the uh, ball control they want and they just not getting it right at the end. So you can kind of feel yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it was all interesting, and and then I know, I know we we sort of like after after we talked to him, we sort of drifted into a little, like, you know, the I guess thinking about how this is probably the way, or you know, the the future of of sports is that it's going to become more integrated with with sports gambling, and that the companies that are in on that already are perhaps you know uh, we we. I get. I guess I gave a little. I, I went with my little stock tip uh, yeah. um, perspective, which was, you know, it, it's maybe not a bad idea to like to think about those companies that are that are legitimate and getting involved in the, or that already involved in this uh, because it's probably only going to get bigger. Right, and as every state opens up, I think Virginia and another state like Tennessee or somebody yeah, else just Tennessee opened earlier, up. Yeah, um, they. DraftKings is in every one of those states right at launch, right? right? So, well, they um, have they have the um, what do you call it? They have like the in already. If you are already a um, a daily fantasy player with them, right? I mean, your balance, as I understand it, just rolls over into yep. into the sports betting side of the app. So, 
it's uh yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting uh, to see. I mean, obviously, this was an underground thing that a lot of people were doing prior to this, uh, you know, with offshore books or, you know, whatever right. uh, people, however people were doing it. Um, so it'll be interesting as it becomes more legalized, whether people are going, you know, if you have kind of like kind of like you got a guy that does your taxes, if you have a guy that is your um that runs your sports book um, and you've been betting with that person for what, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Um, are you going to just leave that individual and then go to DraftKings? I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it might be a little bit more up above board. So might, yeah, uh, I, I guess, right. Yeah. You're not going to have somebody coming at your, coming at your door uh, with a baseball bat, right. and, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, it, it's um, it, it, I, I'm, I'm, fascinated about it from a business standpoint um just and then also we didn't get into this with him but then also like the the fact that it is indeed a vice and yep. that um you know we're taxing people you know that that that's the the argument to make it to make it legal is that you can you know especially in a world of post coronavirus you can um you can tax tax this up up and down the line and uh, states can make a lot of money from it at the, at the same time. Are you feeding people's vices that, you know? Right. And I think that the, that's the trouble is that people that get in trouble with it are people that can't afford to lose the money. Um, where people are playing with five and $10, um, are the people that are being careful about it are, are not in any chance of, of losing like their shirt, but right. people who, you know, are, are, can get addicted to it. Um, obviously have, have the ability to, um, don't have that kind of safety net to get out of control with it. Um, but obviously, you know, there's casinos every which way in, yeah. in every state now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, the whole idea of gambling in and of itself has become a lot more, um, you know, it, think about like when we were younger, I, I mean, I guess it was, you know, Foxwoods, Atlantic city or, yeah, or Nevada. Yeah. I mean, there know? was some, there was some in St. Louis and they, they only had, they, they had to be on river boats was the actual, um, I've law. watched Ozark. I get it. I, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Okay. okay. <laughs> but the funniest thing that I remember is that they, um, found a loophole in the law so they built a a lake essentially right off the one of the rivers yeah and put a boat in it like basically a boat in like a like a two foot deep lake and it it qualified <laughs> so they just built a built a lake uh connected enough to a river and they put a casino in it and that was enough to uh to i think i believe they called it a boat in a moat uh to get around boat the, moat. Uh, to get around right. the law so you know, these, these places have been growing and growing certainly, um, for the longest time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else from that conversation that, that struck you? I, I think we kind of, yeah. I, uh, I think the, the one thing that he said is that he liked going after college football and college basketball. Because right. The, He's still like the number of teams. Yeah. Right. There's a, there's a, sh a sheer difference in the number of lines that the book has to put up. Right. There's a hundred and something uh, 
college football teams and there's 300 something college basketball teams. So the book has to put up lines on every single one of those. You don't have to play any of them if you don't feel comfortable with them, but the odds that they make a mistake on one of those or don't watch it closely enough uh, are are better. Yeah. Just the, the computers don't know as, as much about, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. So you could probably find value in some of those, some of those right. bets. And, and I, I, I'm not, you know, giving out advice here, but my guess is like if, um, to pick out a small school, like say Colgate is missing their top scorer. Uh, I don't know, is the computer going to get that before the game starts or, or right. change the line on you? Um, if you know that and, and the, the computer doesn't because the sports book director is probably not paying attention to Colgate versus, you know, SUNY, or, SUNY yeah, New Pulse or whatever, you know, <laughs> SUNY New Pulse. Was, we played them. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm trying uh, to think okay. of it. I was trying to think of another upstate, um, um, upstate Marist you know, or something like Patriot that. Patriot League, right? Yeah. yeah. Marist works. Yeah. yeah. Our, our sister school, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So no. yeah. A yeah, real great conversation. Funny. I wish everybody could have heard it. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe someday it'll pop back out out of the, the, <laughs> out of the abyss ether. Of the internet. <laughs> uh, some prayers to the technology gods, oh, and it'll man. just it'll just pop out like a toaster at some point out of my laptop. We'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see. You never know. So that was that conversation that we had. Um, I think um, obviously we'll talk. We talk about lines here. We'll talk about um, gambling and picks, you know, I think what, one of the things I, I want to do with this podcast as we get into the NFL off season and, you know, we're still in the baseball off season is kind of learn for us, Tim and I, and our listeners to learn more about something else. So, um, we'll have some college basketball, um, experts on, um, we'll see if we can get, I don't know, hockey, what, what do you want to learn about, Tim? NASCAR? I don't know. what What's out there that you want to learn about? Um, is, is there fantasy? I actually don't know. Like, does, uh, does D, you know, is there a DSE fantasy golf? Like, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, can, I, I can get a golf. I, I would golf be down game. with that. I was watching okay. the, uh, the pro-am this weekend. It was actually pretty exciting. Uh, okay. I don't know if you watched any of it. Uh, Daniel Berger eagled the, the par five on 18. Um, okay. uh, to to win the tournament it was it was super exciting yeah uh, speaking of golf by the way did you know yeah. that it's apparently the 25th anniversary this is like old guy stuff here the 25th anniversary of happy gilmore 25 no that's not possible yeah so 25 um yeah it's 25 so i saw something on twitter earlier of adam sandler um getting up on a, a tee box present day Adam Sandler sure. getting up yeah. on a tee box and doing the happy Gilmore approach and just wax the ball. And, you know, you couldn't see where it went. He claimed right. it went, you know, right down the middle. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, but yeah. So how about I, that? I just remind, remind myself of that by uh, talking about golf, but yeah, I mean, on, I was on the golf team in, uh, in high school and the happy Dil- happy Dil- happy Dil- Gilmore Dil- approach was the thing that every single person tried to do. Like, yeah. it's, it's almost impossible to hit that. Like, it's almost impossible to just get the club on the ball. Um, but to actually hit it straight, like, everybody tried. It was a sensation. Uh, everybody pretty much gave up after two or three tries. But uh, I've never tried it. I'm going to have to do that one time next year once all the snow goes away. Or yeah. this uh, this golf season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly worth uh, giving it a go for 20, 25 years. Good grief. 
Yeah, um, I know. That, Good movie. that was that was one of uh, that was one of the the I don't know one of those movies that just kind of like changes everything. That was it was like a sensation. I don't know if there's it, it went viral in the days before going viral. Yeah, uh, so it had like you know it had like a an anchorman feel to it. Yes. Uh, you know, people were quoting it. It was, it was hot. Um, you know, it, it, it did have that. It, it has that legendary status. I, yeah. I agree. I love Adam Sandler, everything. Even the bad movies are good. For oh, me. wow. Okay. Um, do you see that uncut gems movie that he did? I haven't. That is about gambling as well. Uh, it is. And it's yeah. very, very, very nerve wracking. <laughs> it's not, yeah. but, uh, it's, it's cool because they, they write the script into, NBA games that happened with Kevin Garnett. Okay. Um, yeah. So like he ends up, you know, I, I don't think I'm ruining anything here. Spoiler he ends up putting alert. a spoiler bet. Alert. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah. He ends up putting a bet on the Celtics to do three, you know, a, a parlay bet on the Celtics to do three different things. And it's an actual game. Like right. it's, it's okay. so they I write the footage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Um, but I, I check. I definitely. All right. So there's that's my movie recommendation for this week. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll come up with a movie recommendation every week. How about that? Good. Let's do All it. Right. I, I love it. uncut gems. Uh, OK, it'll keep you on the edge of your seat. It'll uh, it'll make you nervous. Uh, all the things you want from a, <laughs> yeah. from a movie. A nice, relaxing Saturday night. Yeah, getting exactly. nervous, edge of your oh, seat. Kind but of it's thing. cool to see Adam Sandler in that, like in, in not happy Gilmore role, you know? Right. OK, so. cool. We'll, right. we'll take that. Um, let, let's, uh, before we transition to our, our next topic, let's just do, uh, shout outs. Shout outs. Um, so we have a, a new review. Um, this is from Z Romaine, who I suspect, uh, very strongly to maybe my younger brother, Zachary. So all, all signs indicate that it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Zach. Thanks for the, thanks for the review. He says in the age of hot takes, it's great to listen to two great friends talk about sports with reasonable opinions and little argument. You can tell the hosts are good friends because their rapport is easy and natural. I'd be remiss if I did not mention the theme song is great too. Sign that kid to a record contract. So if you don't know, uh, look at the um, the notes in the uh, uh, episode, you'll see that the um, song at the beginning and end was composed on GarageBand by my son. Uh, so he put it together maybe, I don't know, two years ago, maybe um, in his phase when he enjoyed putting together songs on GarageBand. He loves music. Um, so he, he put together a couple of different ones. Um, so check out his SoundCloud. It's it's fun. It's a little bit of fun, electronic, like bouncy music. So. Yeah, it, it's it's good. <laughs> he's he's talented. Let's yeah. be real. <laughs> I mean, all right. I was being modest, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, no, it, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I I think it's I think it's great. When you told me it was your your son, I was like, no, that that yeah. can't be. We like this this no, but yeah, it's it's great. Uh, yeah. He's he's super talented. Very. He must have gotten that from his dad. Yeah, you know, musically very talented. Um, I was, uh, I was as as a high schooler. I was in a band with um, our mutual friend Bracken. Shout out to Bracken for the yep. third or fourth. He's gotten time. many yeah. shout outs. Yeah, uh, he he's got to listen to all these to get to get to yeah. all the shout outs. Yeah. Um, and uh, I w- I called myself the vocalist because s- singer was too. Uh, yeah, you played you know, the microphone. Yeah, played the microphone because. Yeah. I, the singing, I'm not a big singer, um, and I didn't didn't feel like I wanted to put the singing label on it. What kind of a band was it? Was it ska? It wasn't. Um, I was the only one that was into ska at the time. Okay. Um, it was more like it was more like rock, 
metal. Um, the other guys were more into kind of heavier stuff than I was. So, okay. Um, since they had the instruments, you know, they kind of made those choices. Yeah. You just like, you just show up and you, yeah. you just, you yeah. just, you know, spit the lyrics. That's what yeah, you just do. give me the words and I will, I will say them in a, you didn't make them up on the spot. Way. You didn't, uh, no. didn't Jay-Z no, no. them? No. Yeah, you no. had a great Jay-Z reference earlier. Uh, in the in in the earlier uh, yeah, in the, in the recording lo- of this quote unquote lost episode, um, I believe during the investment advice portion of the yes. program where you were um, giving out investment advice, um, I I said that you're not a just a businessman, you're a business man, business comma man, yeah, yeah exactly, yes, exactly. Jay Z doesn't use the comma, but you know, kind of he doesn't need to. He's he's, he's he's Jay Z. Helps to illustrate. Yeah, commas commas don't exist. Don't need to exist in his world. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's let's go ahead and um, transition over to some fantasy baseball. Yeah, as we're we're into the fantasy baseball drafting season, um, on the cusp of uh, getting some uh, action. Well, sure. Some, some workouts are reporting. Uh, yeah, some workouts. People are people are starting to think about that stuff. So sure. we are in the cusp. So uh, Tim, I, I know that you have a, um, and I don't know if you deploy this every year, but you have a, a strategy. I, I to... do deploy it every year, and okay. it's it's probably a strategy that is less would be less successful on like the dynasty level. Um, right. But if you're in a yearly fantasy uh, fantasy draft, I I kind of got on this. I don't know five years ago, maybe. And it is, it's my fantasy hack and it's only to draft unless, unless it's an Albert Pujols circa 2006. Right. You have the number one pick. Right. Yeah. Only draft left-handed batters. Um, because there's enough Josh Reddick's out there, uh, that, you know, um, that have a OPS of 800 and above against right-handed pitchers uh, that if you play your cards right and you get, you know, some of the guys that are multi-positional, you can shift your players around in a way that you're always having left-handed batters face right-handed pitchers. Um, And exponentially, well, I don't know. I just use that word. I, I <laughs> measure this. Uh, you're you're going to see the the hitting statistics, at least the average ones, average OP, OBP and slugging uh, go up for if you can match those players correctly. So, what what I always usually do is, you know, there's there's a bunch of guys. Um, so I just grab like the the book that I use when I'm like making my fantasy rankings. Um, and you know, I had, I think I had like Anthony Rizzo, um, as one of my top choices in Juan Soto. Um, but then you can find, you know, like I got great value, for example, out of, uh, Kyle Seeger last year, um, or Jesse Winker. Um, these guys you can find later on in the draft that, um, are not necessarily, um, like the, guys that you would draft in your first five rounds. But if you only play them against right-handed pitchers, then they do end up having that kind of talent. So if you can figure out like how to have the multi-positional guys and and the big one that I got last year that allowed me to play that way was Brandon Lau from uh, Tampa Bay, who 
who was listed, at, I believe, as first base, second base, outfield. Wow. So I could move him around. And I think I had Mike Moustakas as well, also a lefty. I could move him around because he was second base and third base. And you can you can manipulate your your roster and your lineup um, in a way that allows you to maximize lefty versus righty. Do you, do you feel like um, when when you're starting those only those guys only against righties, do you feel like you lose more in the counting stats? Obviously, this is a categories type approach. I, I, I guess, you know, like I said, I haven't I haven't fully run those numbers, um, right. but I don't think so, because if if they're. Presumably, if they're hitting for average, getting on base and hitting for slugging, then the counting stats should also be there. The place where I guess I lose a little bit is probably in the stolen bases. Um, I don't usually draft for that. Uh, and that's just mainly because a lot of, you know, and you know, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to speak poorly of stolen base guys because I was <laughs> one of those when I played, but I think the, the thing is like a lot of those guys don't end up, you know, um, don't end up having the great, like there, there aren't very many great guys that are stolen base guys. And also for whatever reason, uh, get on base and, um, hit for high average. Just, right. They drag down, like they drag anymore. down your other numbers pretty Which good. Which is so weird. Yeah. Like, you know, cause I feel like, you know, there are no Johnny Damons or, uh, I don't know. I just grabbed somebody from, from the old days. Um, it's a lot of guys that, you know, you look at these speedsters and they bat 230 and get on base at 300. And you're like, man, if right. you could just take a walk, just one. Right. Like, yeah, yeah you would, you would be just a great, uh, great player, let alone fantasy player. Yeah, I mean, I think that that reflects the change in the game a little bit, that there's less stolen bases in general. So yeah. there's less guys that are going out there looking for stolen bases. There might be guys who are great stolen base guys that just now their coaches or staff or whoever say just just stay on first, you know? Right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit last uh, last time how, you know, some of the rules are – Rules are changing. The ball is going to be a less, little less bouncier, for example. Um, we'll see if there's any regression to the mean. Um, there, I remember like when, when Moneyball first came out, stolen bases went way down. And then they, they did come back a little bit, um, but certainly not to the level you know, that, that it used to be um, probably back when we were growing up. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, you know, I don't know. I, I think... For me, the strategy is um, is good because it, what it allows you to do is it opens up earlier round draft picks so you can go grab a pitcher or a high-ranked you know, closer or reliever. Um, and that's another thing, I guess, if we're talking fantasy strategies, when you're drafting relievers, I always believe don't draft the draft the the skills, not and this is this is something I read like in a in a book uh I think it was called Fantasyland. It was about um, a Wall Street Journal um, uh, author who ended up joining um, a, a big time fantasy rotisserie fantasy league. And the big thing that he wrote about was like all the all the big fantasy they draft um, they draft skills, not not roles. Right. Um, and then like you look into that, how many closers lose their job over the course of the year? Almost all of them. Right. So yeah. you want to draft guys that have high K, K, uh, K nine, uh, ratios, high K to BB ratios. Um, and it doesn't matter if they're Chad green, 
um, right? Like, or, um, trying or Tommy Canley, um, with the Yankees. I don't know if he's with the Yankees anymore, but like those guys are going to get their, even though they're not listed as closer, they're going to get their important innings because they have the stats. Right. And, and K's are still valuable. And especially if you're in a league that values holds, holds are still valuable. Um, even if they're not, um, the, the ninth inning person. And, And if you're in a league that does, uh, like we are together, um, that does, uh, um, holds and saves as different categories, right? That makes holds equal to saves is on exactly. value. So, um, right. Then you, John Brebbia becomes a big player, right? right? Like the, yep. these guys that are seventh inning, um, guys that can strike, strike dudes out and don't walk too many people. Um, that guy now has value, right? Exactly. So, um, you know, so, certainly something to look for jobs change all the time. I always check. Um, I get an email every day from closer monkey, I believe. Oh, wow. Recaps the, uh, the closing happenings. And they also look out for, um, vulture save opportunities, um, for you. So you, if you need to pick somebody up, that's not, uh, fan graphs does another good one. Yep. Fan the bullpen does. report. They, yep. Uh, they release it every day. Um, that one is one when I'm usually like scouring for a seventh inning holds guy um, that, you know, if someone went on the DL or whatever, that's usually where I'll get, where I'll go. So those are some two, two good, uh, two good places for people to go to get, uh, get their info. Yep. Absolutely. Um, one other bit of news from, from a couple of weeks ago now, I guess three weeks ago, maybe yeah. um, in baseball is that the baseball hall of fame. So they yes. uh, selected no one to the hall of fame this year. Very interesting. Yeah. Do you have so, thoughts on that? I've, I have thoughts on that. Well, um, I find that the hall of fame selection process is, um, I, I'm, I'm looking for the right word here, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with annoying. It's weird. Um, yeah. I think that, um, the people who vote for the baseball hall of fame, are stuck in kind of their process more than anything else. And, and I'm not going to dive deep into maybe some of the, the steroid era guys, but um, I'll make my point first and then I'll come back to them is that first, like somebody like Scott Rowland, right? I think most people believe that he is a hall of famer. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. So he started when he was first on the ballot with 20, 5% 5% of the vote and you need 75 or something to 75 to get. Yeah. yeah. So every year in his first five years or so on the ballot, he's increased his uh, amount uh, of votes. Right? right. So now he, maybe next year he is properly been on the ballot long enough so that certain people can vote for him. I find that ridiculous. Like if he's a hall of famer five years ago, he's a hall of famer. Now it doesn't matter yeah. if it's his first year on the ballot or if it's his seventh year on the ballot, like there shouldn't be this, this game that they play and these gymnastics to go around and say, uh, Oh, well the ballot and somebody put in a blank ballot. And like, I mean, you know, I, I think the, the, the key thing that I come back to is that the, the Hall of Fame is a museum, right? It it's, is, a mu- yes. it's a museum of baseball for baseball fans, right. right? Like, I think the games that the people, the voters play with it, it does a disservice to the people who in the future will go to the Hall of Fame and want to see the best players there. Yeah. 
it, the whole thing, it, I mean, it, it makes you just because we've been doing it this way for however long doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Um, these writers that are the so-called gatekeepers of that thing are right. like, well, who gives, who get, I mean, I, who gives them the right to, uh, to determine whether or not Roger Clemens is a hall of famer or, you know, um, Barry Bonds. Like, I, I guess, you know, I will go into the steroid thing. Like, steroids as a, as a, as a, um, as someone who's a coach of high school athletes, I think it was incredibly irresponsible for, uh, major league baseball players as role models to engage in that behavior. Um, and at the same time, they did nothing against the rules of major league baseball at the time. Right. And there being, you know, you, I, I think it's, is it, is it Roger Clement? There was somebody, somebody's on the, on the on the ballot who's never tested positive for steroids ever and it might be clements it might be yeah i I think that's who it is but i i don't think it's just it's one of those things like yes uh there's all this evidence that they that they did did all these things and you know there was that book that came out about um about I forget what it was called about Balco uh, or whatever. Yeah. The Balco mm-hmm. scandal. And look, I, I, I mean, I just don't understand. Okay. Let me I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I guess my problem is more with the writers, like, yep. which is like, who, who, who made you this self-appointed self-righteous guy that says like, I, you know, I'm like, I'm the gatekeeper of, of this, of this institution, this museum, as you said, right. and I'm going to not vote for like, what, who, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, that, that that's what bothers me is like the yes. holier than thou. There it is. The holier yes. than thou mentality. Absolutely. Of, of some of these sports writers who are what what gives them the right to say that somebody does or doesn't belong in? I, I because right. they covered the game. And I think a lot a lot of work is being put on the character. They have a character clause or something like that. Yeah, there is. A um, but it's applied unevenly, right? So you know. Guys from the steroid era are already in. Pudge Rodriguez, those types are already in. You know, I'm not casting aspersions on them. I'm just saying, like, they probably were doing some similar performance enhancing drugs. Maybe not steroids, but you know, that that stuff was. We know that that stuff was rampant around that time. Well, so, I mean, have you like, have you read any of these? Read any of these books about you know baseball in the 70s and 80s? And sure. it's like, yeah. Uh, 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 a pharmacy in these um, in some of these clubhouses, you know, and a lot of those guys are in. Yep. Right. So why, why this like narrow span of time, (laughs) right? Like we're talking about like the nineties, pretty much this narrow span of time where guys are not being allowed in. Um, And so I, I don't know what, if if they colluded to you know try to make a point you know we're not letting anybody in right. like you know and there's the character stuff that uh um about um Kurt Schilling uh you know I don't really want to get into get into him right. and his off the field stuff like I guess and I, personally I I actually don't think he's a hall of famer um and for me but right. I, well like, I the, the problem is that the sock was filled with ketchup <laughs> Painted, right there's ketchup <laughs> yeah yeah um 
it, it's just a, I don't know, maybe it was more of a story that, to not have anybody in than, than have anybody in. But right. I'd like to see Roger Clemens be in. I'd like to see Barry Bonds be in. Um, I'd like to see Scott Rowland be in. I'm not saying Scott Rowland is a steroid user like those other guys. I just like, these are the, the guys that we grew up at understanding as some of the best players in the game. And they should be, in, the, in my opinion, they should be on the Hall of Fame. And one of my friends uh, uh, has said, like, yeah, right on the plaque, like, suspected steroid yeah. user. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a story. It, the story of baseball is that they did this, right? If they were yeah. caught, right? The story of the Hall of Fame should have that in there as a lesson, right? To say, you know, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Reading his story should say all of these things that he did. That, yeah, it's an uh, era of baseball. Right. So it, it's part of the museum of baseball. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the whole area. Though. Now it's like, well, they're, they're not just letting in angels, right? Through the history of the Hall of Fame, right? These guys, definitely not angels. But if you're telling the story of baseball and baseball history, you got to put the best players in. Right. Right. You are... Um, you you are cutting off your nose to spite your face because you know when a a kid uh, goes to the baseball hall of fame and says, "Well, I've heard you know you know Barry Bonds not being there," kind of destroys a little bit of that part of baseball history. It's like you're trying um, to erase the history of it when like yeah. acknowledge that it was there. Yeah, put it in there. Like talk about it. Put a little one of those corny little movie theaters where you hear like. Right. You know, hear an old timey story about it, um, you know, in the future when they you know, won't have those all be beamed into your brain or something. But, you know, just have it there because that that is part of the history and people should, um, as you say, shouldn't just be swept under the rug. So we should learn about how this was done and how this was wrong. But these were still great players and they still deserve to be there. Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I guess. I don't want to condone the behavior. I want to uh, criticize the writers, I guess, is the people right. who believe themselves to be the holier than thou gatekeepers of this yeah, institution. And, and, and I don't think the Hall of Fame should be seen. Well, it is an honor to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think all of these players are great players that get in. But we should also have the part of the history there as well, not just the... Yeah whitewash you know and leave only their great achievements but leave the other parts of the people uh as well um so that that's just my my two cents and uh, every year i try not to get fired up by the hall of fame and this year i was suckered in um yeah about it well it, it was easy it was yeah easy yeah those those writers make it easy for us um yeah. so it looks like when i said when i started this i said i don't know if we have enough content we, without we, our we interview to redo this we did it we're, at, we're at up at 43 minutes, so um, I'm going to call it there um, after our uh, Hall of Fame rant. Um, so, uh, Tim, what uh, you obviously have this work this work week off. Um, what do you uh, What are you looking at this week? Yeah, like I uh, said it earlier, I say it again. I'm I'm hoping that we we have a couple of uh, you know we had the big ice storm that came through earlier and. Uh, it's just been some cruddy weather, so hopefully we get some uh, some sunshine uh, this weekend, and it becomes suitable to do some you know some outdoor stuff. Uh, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, obviously we had very cold weather throughout the uh, Midwestern United States. Um, my 
um, parents in Missouri that car battery died. Their car wouldn't start because it was like two degrees. My dad, my dad, uh, trudged to the auto zone or whatever, uh, and got a new battery and walked back, uh, in the snow. So, so they, they could get their car started. So, um, you know, Texas and Louisiana obviously as well are, are experiencing very, very cold temperatures that they're not used to. So, yep. um, everyone please stay safe, uh, in the cold, stay warm, uh, find a, find a nice place, uh, to get warm and listen to our podcast. So That's just right. make yes. sure you, uh, good transition, keep, keep your eyes glued to the weather, uh, and stay warm and keep your ears glued to dynasty sports empire, That's the right. podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good, Jeff.